0: Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name's Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by the editor-in-chief of GSFN, Kieran Quayle. Now we've obviously got plenty to talk about in terms of La Liga and the performances of Spanish teams in Europe uh, during the week. But as football fans, Kieran, there's probably only one place we can start, which is the reaction in Spain to the death of uh, Diego Maradona. How has it been here? Just It's Thursday morning, so what's the reaction been here? Yeah,
1: it's pretty big
0: here. I went down to my my
1: local newspaper stand this morning and picked up a couple of the papers, um, Diario As, Marca, Mundo Deportivo, and it's all it's all Maradona. And um, I had a brief chat with the guy at the newspaper stand just about how much of a legend he was and like what what he meant to the to fans around the world, basically. Um, and there's a there's a lot going on in the papers. We haven't really had a chance to digest it all, but we know we know the kind of the gist of it already, just from um, I suppose growing up as football fans, yourself and myself. Mm-hmm. We already know a lot about the guy. Um, some people don't even know that he played in Spain. He had a two year spell at Barcelona in the in the eighties, from eighty two to eighty four, and then he played with Sevilla for a year in the early nineties as well. So. Marca have 26 pages on him, Imagine. which is, is pretty incredible. Marca and Ass don't tend to have anybody else on the front page other than Real Madrid. Mm. Um, and the fact that Real Madrid beat Inter last night in the Champions League, pretty big result, but they've, they've gone ahead and there's only one place for Diego today, and he's, he's on the front page of that. Ass of 20 pages as well, and same at Mundo Deportivo.
0: Is there not one of the papers where every single page is 10? Yeah, if you're it. right, you're right, yeah.
1: yeah uh, exactly. Mark has got number 10 on the the corner, top corner of every page, so um,
0: in honour of Maradona himself.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's um, sad, definitely a sad week for football. Yeah,
0: this is the thing. It's the, the, there'll obviously be plenty of time to analyse how he was as a person, and I don't think that's our job really to do. I think it's probably for biographers and, and people who knew him to, to talk about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But as a football player, he... he Somebody actually said it on the Spanish TV last night on on Channel 1 they were showing a documentary about him and somebody said that he him and Muhammad Ali are probably two sports people who transcended sport to just an unbelievable degree they were they were kind of more than sports people mm-hmm. and certainly if you go to South America that's that's the feeling and when you go to uh, Argentina and Naples as well these are two places where he's he's treated as more than an athlete yeah he's he's like a god there he is. and you do get the the iglesia maradonina The Maradona church, which is a real thing that exists in these places and, you know, people have shrines to Maradona and it's, it it is totally mad. And when you see, like, this is the thing that people, again, it's slightly before our time, I I was born in 1994, it's my, my, it's my dad's generation, uh, really, but for people that were living in Argentina at the time, it had been pretty miserable for decades uh, to, dictatorship in the seventies. Dictatorship with the military junta and stuff like that, and they had. It's true that they had the World Cup win in, in '78, but the happiness from that really didn't last very long. You, you had the Falklands War, Malvinas War. You had the the collapse of dictatorship. You know, all just complete turmoil uh, throughout the country. So the, the 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 sort of high that you got from the the '78 World Cup win didn't last for particularly long. And you compare that to what Maradona gave to the country in 1986, the happiness that he brought to people, and they're still living off that high. They never really came down from that. No. People still talk about the 86 World Cup. And his, his individual performance was just so significant because any national team that you, you... could have played for any of the teams in there, they would have won the World Cup that year. Yeah. Um, it was an incredibly average Argentina side that year, and they, they won the World C- uh, Cup kind of at a canter. And it was because of him. Yeah. You know, and uh, you've been to Argentina, haven't you? You, you've yeah. You've I spent, what it's like.
1: I spent seven weeks there in in 2018, and I always wanted to go to Buenos Aires because there alone you've got 14 Premier Division clubs. Yeah. And he's connected to most of these clubs. He grew up a Boca Juniors fan, played for Boca. And um, there's actually a fantastic clip of him online, kind of celebrating around the pitch to the bombanera and he's singing the songs and the fans are chanting and it's it gives you goosebumps really because it's just raw emotion mm-hmm. um, but he grew up um, in a really poor poor part of, of um, Buenos Aires and like he he basically started out at Argentinos Juniors and they've named the sta- their stadium after him um, I went to see Newell's Old Boys and as I walked into the stadium it's called uh, Estadio Marcelo Bielsa mm-hmm. But as I walked in, I saw one of the stands named the Diego Armando Maradona stand. And he'd only played five games for the club. You know what I mean? So he's connected to so many clubs. Then he played for Boca before eventually moving to, to Spain to sign for Barcelona in 1982. But like he, Maradona is a mixture of poor Italian immigrants and indigenous American. Mm. So like he, he grew up with absolutely nothing and became this god during a really poor period of Argentinian history. And, yeah. and you're right, like every street corner I turned, there was murals of him in Buenos Aires. Messi, I don't think, will ever reach the heights that he's reached because Messi's never going to win a World Cup with, with Argentina. Messi's essentially playing a different sport as well. Like yeah. the, the game that Maradona played throughout the late 70s, right through the 80s into the early 90s, over a 20 year period he was getting battered yeah. week in week out it was different style You didn't have the protection of the referees Yeah. but he's so similar to Messi in so many ways because he's got the low centre of gravity he's left footed he's quick he's diminutive he's mm. Argentinian he's stayed at Barcelona they have a very very similar path yeah. but they couldn't have lived any like different lives yeah. really because like Messi's so quiet off the field he lives in this kind of protected area of Barcelona Um really really quiet doesn't really do much but obviously we all know about maradona off the field he was he had a great time and yeah. um, <laughs> so he yeah it was it was definitely a different life but I, I i was it was an eye-opener for me in argentina just I, like i knew he was a god there but i didn't know to the extent that it, it really was yeah. and that that was that was impressive but um like they've got a, uh they've declared a, um, national morning for the three next three days there morning, yeah. yeah so but, which is kind of understandable but Boca Juniors were were due to play last night on Wednesday night in the Copa Libertadores against Internacional of Brazil and that game was postponed yeah now, that would never happen anywhere else
0: yeah it would have to be like a current player or something that you know die or whatever I don't know? even
1: think that would be the case like uh, would, it, would any club I've never seen a club postpone a game because somebody's died i think maybe in, in the UK maybe if the queen died they postpone games. Oh, but really? If a, if a player died, I'd they normally, the normally clubs normally
0: get on with it. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's incredible and an an ex player, yeah. but it just shows you how, how, how massive the guy was. Yeah. Um he obviously played in Spain either side of, of his stint at Napoli. And I think throughout the next few days we're probably all gonna be looking back at the games, the eighty six World Cup games, his goals against England, his goals against Belgium, mm. um and things like that. There's a lot, thanks to the internet, there's a lot of great archive footage now of his time in Italy. And obviously this is a Spanish football um, show, but the, if there's one game that I would implore you all to watch, Napoli versus AC Milan 1988, and it was the good Milan team. It was the, the so-called the, the immortal uh, mm-hmm. Milan team. Maldini, Costa Curta, Baresi, Rijkaard, Hulit, Van Basten, the full, the full squad up against... Uh, Napoli in the in the in, in in Naples and they absolutely destroyed them with Maradona four uh, one the game, and he scores a goal. Maradona scores the opening goal, which was AC Milan were famous for their for being fantastic at, at playing offside. They were just they were one of the earliest teams that were able to perfect the the step up thing mm. in unison. Kept the line. Kept the line. Yes. Um, Maradona just beats the trap and he, he beats the trap in such a way that he's got about 15 metres on everybody. They all step out and he's already about 15 metres in the other direction chasing the ball. The goalkeeper comes out and Maradona heads it from probably about 25 yards out. A diving header from 25 yards out goes through the goalkeeper and then it goes in. And that's another thing. He was brave to put his head in that situation because he could have got clattered. You know, It could have been like Schumacher on Battiston. In '82, getting all his teeth knocked out, but he put his head in the uh, in in that situation, and he was brave. And that that's another thing that a lot of these players have. You know, they're all they're all silky and stuff like that. But the really top ones, like George Best, like Pelle, mm. brave as well. And you can see that, and just the way he was able to to inspire them to win the only two leagues in their history. You know, Napoli. Yeah. He was he, he was able to inspire an Argentina team that weren't that good I state it again they were not that good that to win a World Cup
1: on, on top of his game
0: that's it and,
1: during that period
0: and there's the thing where it's, it's also I think it's unfair to compare Messi and, and Maradona because Messi because of the nature of how he was brought through the system at Barcelona he was never going to play in a Duff team he was never going to play in a team where he really had to drag them you know out of, the, out, out of some kind of mess whereas Maradona routinely did that and he seemed to embrace it as well yeah, he seemed to take on these challenges, so he was really, really special. Um, obviously, did play in Spain as well. In, decent record, <laughs> decent record in Spain yeah, too. Yeah,
1: yeah, he, sco- he scored a fair few goals. Like he scored forty-seven in seventy-five games for Barcelona, but then he fell out with the board, and he kind of forced his way over to to Napoli. Then at that stage, but yeah, Barca got two years out of him. Obviously, he was crippled by that ankle injury. Got a good chair yeah um I'm glad you can pronounce it but uh, some people
0: call it the call him the the butcher of Bilbao Because he done he'd done Schuster I think two years before yeah. he'd, uh, I think he also broke Schuster's ankle right as well so it's the same it's a horrific tackle yeah like he comes right down on his ankle you can and, see
1: his ankle bend that's oh, well. horrible there's, yeah. yeah there's a there's a, a dirty clip of it on on YouTube and it's just he's stretched it off then he's he's kind of rolling around on the ground and he's stretched it off but that ruled him out for three months. And obviously, like he was only twenty two at that stage, so a lot of people were actually questioning if he could go on mm. and and continue um but obviously he did uh, but five years prior to that, Celta Vigo were looking for a striker after getting relegated <laughs> to segunda, and an Argentine contact gave them two options, and basically Maradona was one of the, one of those options, but he was he was sixteen at the time yeah and um the, the board at Celta were thinking, okay, this is exciting, like a 16-year-old prospect who's who's got decent credentials in Argentina, he's coming through the ranks of, as Argentinos uh, juniors. Mm. But they opted for this older striker called Juan Carlos Nani, who um, ended up playing 18 times for Celta and just scored two goals. Uh, but then 15 years later, Maradona actually made it to Balaidos to play against Celta for Sevilla <laughs> in the 1992-93 season. And he scored a goal from a free kick ah. uh, in Sevilla's 2-1 victory against Celta. So I think the Celta boys were probably pulling their hair out for years after that, yeah. after making that decision. But he was 16, so it was very kind of hard to know. Um, they, were, they were looking to get back up to Primera, having been relegated, and actually returned uh, the following season to Primera. Mm. But uh, yeah, Celta fans will never forgive the board for that decision. <laughs> <laughs> to have Iago Aspas, yeah. it's pretty similar. Left-footed, small, scores goals, but yeah, it never a never Maradona figure.
0: It'd be the... Was it Moana's from the Moana, Moana Maradona, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting, these little things. It's a bit like Messi almost went to Rangers. Really? On a loan thing. Ronaldinho almost went to St Mirren. <laughs> There are loads of kind of just... weird wee stories like that. But yeah, very, very young and, and stuff like that. It's, uh, my dad saw him play at Hampden when my, my dad was... I don't know what age my dad would have been. Well, he would have been 58, so my dad would have been 21, and Maradona was 18. Mm. And um, he absolutely destroyed a really good Scotland team. Uh, In 79? 79. 79. Right. So that it was three... 3-1 was the final score and um, but the guy just dominated it and it's funny I remember when I was growing up it seemed to me that everybody's dad was in that game you know you, you'd talk at Maradona and everybody's dad would always be like oh yeah I was there and it's stuff. a
1: bit like the 7-3 in Hamden isn't it the Real Madrid final everybody's, everybody's been to that as well <laughs> over 100,000 people um, went to Hamden that day I think Alex Ferguson was in attendance as well
0: yeah yeah, he was yeah. that yeah. day and I saw Ali McCoy posted on um on Instagram Uh, yesterday that he was at the game with Maradona with the the 79 game everybody's dad seems to remember this game and it's probably true because it was back in the days when everybody did go to the the matches and stuff and my my dad always maintains that Maradona was the best he's seen based on the live performance like and just again testament to the fact that he was a extraordinary kind of footballer that people are still talking about that one game that he played yeah. when he was such a young man so
1: yeah it's interesting like we had um, Jerry Armstrong mm-hmm. uh, speaking to Get Spanish Football News this week Kieran Brennan did an interview with him and Jerry was actually talking about Maradona this week um, and Jerry played at Tottenham Hotspur with Ozzy Ardiles and Ozzy told Jerry that the Argentine coach at the time Minotti um, he said that he would have built his his team around Glenn Hoddle because Glenn mm. Hoddle was obviously at Spurs and he was a great player and Minotti told the Argentinian boys that he, he would have liked a player like Glenn Hoddle but then a few years later Maradona came along um, who's actually Glenn Hoddle's favourite player yeah. to this day so he ended up building his team around him but he was just that kind of he was that player that obviously he's going to wear the number 10 jersey and you're, you do, you just need 10 other players but Maradona's going to do most of the work and um Yeah, they're looking to... There's talk of retiring the number 10 jersey around the world. world.
0: Who was it? Was it VS Boas? Yeah,
1: he said it last night in his press conference after after the Marseille game that he'd like to see it. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but that would be... That would be huge. And then Napoli want to rename their stadium as well. Yeah. Apparently. I think that's Quality more I think it's more
0: doable. And yeah. probably more appropriate because if, if it should be named after anybody, you know. Again, that that's a stat that you tell some people and they're they're surprised to hear it. The only two league titles in Napoli's history were mm-hmm. one when he was there. Yeah. They had no right for doing it. And there was also there was also a there was a political thing to that as well, which was the fact that they were the Southern team. Uh, and the northern teams, there was a huge amount of snobbery towards the southern teams, yeah. uh, and you see it in the the wonderful documentary that was uh, that was made about his life in twenty nineteen. You see the 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 abuse that, that the Naples crowd got and that the Naples players got, and uh, it was uh, it was terrible. And Maradona seemed to always embrace those situations and throw him in, in terms of into those situations to to sort of fight for the little guy. Yeah. You know, he could have gone to one of the the giants in, in the north. Could have gone to UV, could have gone to AC Milan. He would have fitted in perfectly there, but he chooses to go to Napoli. And um, he just fitted it so well, didn't he? he just fitted it so well, he? and he 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 just he, he summed up uh, what those years were all about in Italian football and and what he was all about winning those two leagues. Yeah, I mean, everybody was talking about him
1: last night. Obviously, like after all the games, the Champions League games took place, and there was a minute silence before them. And Diego Simeone was obviously expected to say something after Atletico's nil all draw against Lokomotiv Moscow, and he, he just said that he was he, he was the best and he is the best, because Simi only played with him at Sevilla, and obviously for the Argentine national team as well, um, and he just said Maradon is football, he looked after me at Sevilla when I was young, and he showed me what it was like, and what it meant to play for Argentina, so... Um, there were a lot of a lot of nice tributes last night um, and over the past twenty four hours.
0: Yeah, and probably over over the next week, coming months and things like that, we'll we'll hear all sorts of things about mm-hmm. about him. And the, the, we 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 can only do our bit to to talk about how great he was on on the field. Yeah, and uh, I think more more and more stories and anecdotes will come out about his, his life over the next. Um, yeah, few next weeks players week. you'd imagine will start coming out now and revealing more. That's it. That's it. Anyway, uh, back to the, the sort of day job. We're, we're, we're going to go back to La Liga. Now, where should we start with this? I would like to start on a kind of slightly alternative uh, oh. uh, note. Um, we've been talking a little bit about Real Sociedad, quite, quite rightly, because they're top of the league. Yeah. They're absolutely killing it up. They're playing very well. They, they managed to get a very hard-fought 1-0 win against Cadiz, who are no pushovers either. They're, they're doing well on the table. They currently sit fifth. Hard fought win, and we've been gifted our uh, first truly crap pun of the, the season in the Spanish media. Are you ready for it? Go for it. Okay, it's almost as good as Enchufati and the names Bond Hamas Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, we've gone for Adnan Yanu Dance. Oh, which I, I, I suppose that's a reference to, to the Real dad man's Fred Astaire-like uh, grace. What do you think of, you think of that horrific, one? It's horrific, isn't it? He was good, though. He was good. It yeah. is. It's a horrific pun. It's yeah. an absolutely horrific pun. But uh, Januzaj was very good. And it's, you know He's only 25 years old. Really? Yeah. Because he's a proper journeyman, isn't yeah. he? I suppose he, he came into the United first team
1: very young, maybe at 17. Yeah. And Nicky Butt said that he would have been like Ryan Giggs if he had to had the right attitude
0: but mm. he clearly didn't but he's making a name for himself in La Liga he's doing quite well yeah he's doing well and uh, it would be great to see him kind of uh, continue this form he himself and Silva were absolutely outstanding uh, again the other day um, I think Mikel Marino's suffering a bit from the commentator's curse because I was talking about how fantastic he was he didn't have his best game but it doesn't mm. matter when you've got guys like Yanezai and Silva at the top of the game yeah with,
1: and uh, I mean, you get a 1-0 win away at mm. That's a that's a good sign and, and they did. They had. They had. They had chances. It could have been more, but like caddies are caddies are fifth, and they're fifth. And this is without them playing with their their fans, and they're famous for their fan base. They've got a very tight stadium down there in Andalusia. It's quite quite packed, and there's always a good atmosphere. So it's 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 a shame that that, that they don't really have that twelfth man that would have you know the would have made the, the likes of a Sociedad coming down that bit harder. But um, Sociedad squeezed out squeezed out the victory. Brilliant start, yeah. They're three points ahead
0: of Atletico, but Atletico have two games in hand. Yeah, that's it. And it, again, it's very early to make uh, predictions about they're, uh, how they're going to go, especially given the fact that Sotirad did run out of steam uh, last season. They also ran out of, it was obviously a different team, but they ran out of steam the last time we. they almost won the league. It was a end-of-season collapse that cost them the league. Mm-hmm. You wonder if that's going to happen again. Um, but you mentioned Atletico, would you say now again, earlier to say, but would you say now that the the common con, the consensus is that they're the favorites for the league, given how Madrid and barça yeah. I'm not I'm not saying your opinion necessarily, but just spanish media the 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 general yeah, feel I don't
1: think Spanish media will ever allow atleti to be like the favorites, yeah. they're just so used to Barça and, and Real Madrid doing it like if you look at the league table over the last twenty years. It's just absolutely dominated. Atletico won it in 2014 Hmm. with Simeone and Valencia won it twice in the early 2000s. But that's been pretty much it. It's been Real Madrid and Barcelona back and forth. So they beat Barcelona 1-0 at the weekend. That was a huge win and people are starting to get excited. Obviously Atletico Madrid fans are getting excited. They haven't lost in 24 league games. So it's a stretch of 10 months, um, obviously with the COVID break. But it put them nine points ahead of Barca. That's a huge gap, like it's so early game. on, and with Barca really inconsistent, it, like it is difficult to see Barca closing that gap. Like they're they're so far behind already. Um, I think nine points is a pretty big advantage, and yeah, Atletico Atletico should have wrapped it up. Like they left, it like they left it. it was one nil. Okay, it was it was a good result. Like a one nil win over Barcelona. Simeone eventually got his first ever win over Barcelona in, in La Liga, which was a pretty uh, crazy stat. Um, in 17 attempts in the league he'd, he'd never beat them mostly um, mostly defeats and a, and a few draws thrown in there as well um, but yeah Atletico title contenders it's very early they're not playing with any strikers at the moment because Costa's out for a month Suarez has had coronavirus uh-huh. so he's been self-isolating but I mean if Suarez come back, it comes back into that team and gets 20 goals team now in the end of the season why not because they're they're solid at the back. There's players in their prime. There, Coke is playing. Coker is in the form of his life at the moment. He's yeah. been, he's been captain in Spain, and he's coming up to he's coming up to his four hundred and seventieth game for Atletico, which would put him third in the all-time record appearance mm-hmm. list for the club, which is absolutely incredible because he's only twenty eight. Um, I don't know how Coke is still only twenty eight, but yeah. yeah. So players in their prime. Um, solid at the back last year was the year of transition with Griezmann going Godin going this year Thomas Partey left and people were thinking how's that void going to be filled but Hector Herrera's in okay in there Coque Saul obviously experienced players as well but yeah and, like the, they probably have a better squad this year than the squad in 2014 which won yeah. the league Barcelona are definitely their worst in
0: a long time mm. Madrid aren't flying either So. No. I don't know, a long way to go. Yeah, definitely a long way to go. Also, Joel Felix, who's arguably the, the standout player in, in, mm. in the league uh, this year. He, last last season could have been this season, but I think it was, a, as you said, and as Simeone said, season of transition. Yeah. This year, he, he really looks comfortable, looks confident, and uh, he's playing up there with with Suarez, who's going to reassure him.
1: How good was Carrasco's goal?
0: Yeah, and I think people are, are being a little bit too critical... Towards Ter Stegen for coming out, yeah. but what if you look closely? You said you didn't see it the first time. Yeah, uh, it was so when, quick. When you, when you watch the replay, he nutmegs him. Yeah, and it's it's just the fact that he would even try that shows the confidence he's got. The a really
1: subtle touch.
0: Yeah. that just takes the ball through Stegen's legs, but then he still has to
1: tap it in from thirty yards. <laughs> no, it's, he's got he's got an open goal, but he's not he's not five yards out. Like yeah. he, was, he was thirty yards out at an angle at pace, but I thought Carrasco was brilliant because he was playing like in a left wing back role. Mm-hmm. Really, really good defensively as well, covering back the whole time. Hermoso was pushing in to make it like a back three. So Atletico were rock solid. Mm-hmm. But Carrasco was giving them that outlet down the left as well. So um he looks like an even better player than the player that was at Atletico before he went to China. Yep. And then when I saw him leaving for China, I was thinking that's gonna be like your downfall mm-hmm. You're you're not gonna be playing at the level that you should be playing at. And obviously, if you're not competing at the highest level, you can't really improve. And he was still quite a young player, yeah. So the fact that Atletico have taken a punt on him brought him back in. And he looks, he looks quality. Yeah,
0: he looks good there. So yeah, good, good sensations, as they as they say here. Mm. Um, I do one little doubt I, I do have is how much of this success is dependent on Suarez staying fit. And I think that's the thing that we're the. I'm surprised more people aren't talking about that. Because yeah. he last season he had all sorts of injury problems. He's getting on. How much of Felix's confidence comes through Suarez? How much of you know Suarez's goals himself would be missed if he was taken out the squad for a lengthy of period of time in the same way that he was taken out Barca's squad last year? Yeah, I think I don't know. Well, from a, a if you're an Atletico fan, you're desperately going to want this Suarez to stay fit for more reasons than one.
1: Yeah, and like. You're, yeah, you're, for goals you're depending on their relationship but they haven't had the chance to form a relationship yet yeah. because Suarez has been out uh, Felix has been has been flying but like against Locomotive last night you remove Costa and Suarez and you're look, I, I looked at the start in 11 and I was uh, you know you're, you're seeing a 4-4-2 with Correa and Jao Felix leading the line but neither of those are out and out strikers neither of those are number nines yeah. so you're taking you're taking goals out with Suarez you've no real goal scoring midfielders in that team either yeah. Saul isn't Coke isn't Thomas Lamar isn't um, Correa isn't either so yeah. like you're you're, you're basically yeah you're relying on a, on a solid relationship formed between Jao Felix and, and Luis Suarez if you want to win the league that's what that's what Simeone's going to do He's going to have a strong back four A strong midfield But you need goals to win the league That's it, yeah So time will tell But like, yeah The signs are the signs are there Like Suarez always scores goals Felix looks like a more mature player this year So Like, I think Simeone will definitely be confident
0: That's it Okay, you mentioned Real Madrid earlier They've not been They've not been setting the heather on fire uh, It's actually Compared to other years Yeah And uh, part of the, that's part of the reason why we think that the uh, Atletico, that this is the chance. Um, they had a good result uh, last night against against Inter. Mm. Played very well, yeah. um, and they were really up against it. It helped that Inter got a guy sent off. Managed to get Arturo Vidal sent off. You were quite angry that you, <laughs> that you managed to get himself sent off. Why did why, why did this anger you so much? It's just infuriating
1: seeing a player attack a referee. Yeah, like these days, you know you're going to get booked and possibly sent off. It's the first half. Yeah. in a really important Champions League game, like Inter went into the game with two points. They yeah. needed to win that. Yeah, and now Madrid are five points ahead of them. So, yeah. like, imagine Conte. He must have been absolutely must furious because. Uh, so basically, yes. Like, there's contact in the box, and then ref doesn't give the penalty. And they all surround the referee All the interplayers But obviously like Vidal gets in his face hmm. um, Anthony Taylor I think was the ref English, English referee And he just gets in his face And he immediately gives him a yellow card Like just please shut up Here's your yellow Leave yeah. me alone But he goes on him again yeah. And like gets right in his face Another yellow comes out it's, it's ridiculous Like he's an experienced player Yeah. should know better I think he Probably part of him was wearing the Barcelona jersey last night as well. Yeah yeah um
0: Vidal I don't
1: know I, think, a, I, th- a I maniac.
0: think I think it's uh, probably not too too uh, too ambitious to say that I think that's probably what was yeah. uh, probably probably
1: yeah. played a part in it at he's, least. he's a feisty player but yeah the, the, that was a good win because like they're they're one point off Munch Mönchengladbach gladback but I think the main the main thing from last night's game was extending their their lead on on Inter in the group so like you fancied them to get through mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the one-all result against Villarreal at the weekend yep. which Mariano got the goal mm-hmm. uh, which was quite surprising he started because Benzema was was injured and then I think Real stepped it up in the second half.
0: I'm going to say I, I think uh, a couple of things. I think Villarreal really really came into it in the second half and also a couple of the players who were key in the first half, Azar Odegaard, kind of ran out of steam. Mm. Uh, Azar was good again against against Inter Milan, so Madrid fans will be hoping that he, he, he keeps that going. He looks like he's getting a little bit of confidence little by little. Definitely. Um, Emery
1: turned it around. Like he made yeah. he made a good few subs. He brought out brought on Jacques and and Pino around the era mark actually he made a, a, a triple substitution uh, Pignan came in as well and they were really good that, and like they really went for it like, they could have won the game um, and then Gerard Moreno got the penalty he scored a penalty that was Madrid's fourth penalty conceded in two games so Courtois will be, will be raging um, he just couldn't get down to it again it was a bit like Carlos Soler the other week at Mestalla, like just low yeah. and hard because Courtois is such a big man like the, two, trying two to get time. trying to get down to those penalties, and um, when they're when they're hit really firm, so yeah, I think like uh, Villarreal could have won that game, um, but not a bad result for Madrid. Like on the road, considering all their absentees as well, and um, with
0: Benzema, Casemiro, there was a good few players out. Yeah, that's it. And Villarreal not doing too bad at all this season. They're at the top no. end of the table, so. Uh, probably looking back later on the season, you'll think that wasn't a bad result at all. Yeah, but exactly. Getting a point away there. Exactly. Uh, on to another team that are doing seeming to do a little bit better in Europe than in the league. Barcelona. Um, the kids were sent out on Tuesday. They are really, really uh, young squad that were put out against Dynamo Kiev, and they they didn't walk it. It was quite difficult for most of the game, but the second half really, um, they were they were far superior, mm. technically. Just all round better than than Dynamo Kiev. Yeah, uh, I thought Sergino dess was absolutely fantastic and good got his goal. It. Yeah, got his goal. Uh, I thought he was maybe the standout player, but Pedro was good as well. Um, what did you make of this very young Barcelona team?
1: Yeah, why not? Because their 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 starting eleven hasn't been hasn't been great. So I think in, in a game against Kiev, um, give them a chance. Good to see Breitwalt as well because he's been yeah. getting dog's abuse. Um, like it's not his fault that Barcelona came in and bought him no. people think that it's his fault for playing with Barcelona because he's played at Leganes in Middlesbrough and it's like give the man a break like yeah. he's after getting the, the chance of a lifetime um, Kuman I don't think fancies him because when you look at the league games the substitutions he makes and Kuman's obviously been very clear on getting another striker in in Memphis to play. Um so he doesn't he probably doesn't rate rate with, um to be like uh, top, top a, a top good league. sub, even like yeah, yeah, to come on as like a first choice or second choice sub. Um And then we had the 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 we had the interview with Griezmann on Monday night. Griezmann yeah. Griezmann came out and spoke on movie star to Argentine football legend Jorge Valdano, mm-hmm. um, and basically just spoke about everything that was going on and what's been happening with Barcelona and kind of the the comments he's had to deal with as well like from leaving Atletico to joining the club and then Messi coming Messi being angry over the whole transfer, uh, saga. transfer yeah. saga and like how he basically said that he wasn't joining Barcelona but then Messi came out publicly and was like we want Griezmann and then yeah. Griezmann said I'm not coming so basically there was a bit of a, a bit of a mix up there and Griezmann felt like okay I've probably let the, the legend Messi down but they got, they got over it. Um, and he spoke about playing under different managers, under, playing under Setien. He described his relationship with Valverde as as good. Yeah. And he described his relationship with Setien as normal. So I don't think he got on that well with Setien. And he, he mentioned his parents telling him to question Setien's decisions over not playing him. And he just said that doesn't really make much sense. to mm-hmm. Like the manager's going to do what he wants to do. And... Um, so I thought it was, it was a pretty honest interview. Um, he spoke about leaving the lead to go as well, as well. He said that it was just time to go, he needed a change and that like important players were leaving, that I said Godin was leaving. And that he just felt, okay, uh, it's, this is my opportunity to go to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But he like he's there a year and a half and he said, my, my big problem is I've had three different managers. Yeah. I still need time to adapt. Like everyone's getting on my case, but I, it's been really complicated. We've had a pandemic. And he also brought up the issue of playing games every three days. He said us footballers aren't used to that. Like yeah. this is this is the most football we've ever played. Yeah. It's really, really intense. Um and then he ended up scoring against Kiev and some people were saying that the assist against Kiev was from Jorge
0: Valdano. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, an interesting theory. No, I think uh, there's a very good point you made in the, in the interview. He's had three different managers since he arrived. Mm. It's, no, that's nothing even close to stability. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been the worst time to arrive at a club. Yeah. So it's, uh, you, you do feel for him a little bit. Uh, going back to the, the senior players at Barca, what do you make of this if if we go back to the, the, the loss against Atletico what do you make of this recent tradition of senior players basically ducking responsibility after games they're avoiding press conferences after yeah. after big defeats it was uh, who was it against uh, Madrid Sergio Dest was sent out after the Madrid the after yeah. the classical loss despite the fact they can't speak Spanish and the yeah. other night after Atletico it was Pedri that yeah. was put up for the 17 year old 17 like, year old put up for the press conference what's what's going on there
1: yeah, it's it's not good. It, it it doesn't look good at all. I'm I'm really surprised Koeman's letting that happen as well. Mm. You'd imagine like an experienced coach like himself would be would be on their cases.
0: I don't know. Um, it's quite heavy handed as well. He's he's got that kind of reputation of being like right. You do this. You yeah. Just play. And I don't know. It seems like a kind of a basic one and to let yeah. it happen a good few times. It um, likes if
1: Pedri having to come out and explain a terrible performance against a title rival. Yeah away from home at 17 I, I thought I thought it was a, it was a bad move on the club's behalf mm. and I don't know yeah they've got pk out for months now as well so they're after losing another
0: leader yeah uh, he, he's managed to he's got knee ligaments it's a double injury so a yeah. grade 3 sprain in the internal lateral ligament and he's also got a partial injury to his, his cruciate so it's, yeah, it's, it's not good
1: it's not good especially at this stage of his career yeah because obviously he's been he's been brilliant for them over the past decade but he's in his 30s now and to get such a severe injury he, he might never return yeah. to, to his best and they've already got lots of problems at, at centre back yeah uh, Longley isn't the most reliable Samuel titty has been a disaster and isn't getting in at all um, and it just hasn't been it hasn't been going well for them then at at, at that kind of uh, area of the, of the pitch so I don't know they're going to and then they've got no real money to buy in January. Yeah. So they've got Arioco, who's quite young and inexperienced. He might have to come in and play. Um, and then obviously the likes of Dest is going to have to step up. Yeah. In that in that right back, Sergio Roberto's out as well. He got yeah. injured against Atletico, so the the game against Atletico was just a disaster. And Fatty is it Fatty's out for four months. Yeah. So you could you could almost rule them out of the of the title race at this stage.
0: Yeah. No, not particularly good. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm still putting my putting my chips down for Real that Why not? Why not? They're the, the healthiest looking team. It would be nice to have someone different this year, yeah. It would be lovely. Um. Okay, well we've not got too long left so let's have a look to the fixtures that are coming up this weekend. Any games that jump out at you Uh, my initial one would be Valencia versus Atletico, just a kind of obvious one. You mm. don't really know what to expect with, with Valencia these days. Obviously they, they hammered Real Madrid uh, but they're you know that's another club that's in a bit of disarray but it'll be interesting to see you know that matchup. yeah the that, out, that you
1: know. one looks good also Real Sociedad against Villarreal yep that's probably even tastier because that's first against third um,
0: at the Real Arena 9pm Spanish time on Sunday Sunday night that yeah. one, so 8pm British and Irish time yeah so that that looks like a good one
1: um, and the fact that we've been raving about Real Sociedad That would be the one that I'd probably recommend. Uh, Real Madrid are at home to Deportivo Alaves. Mm -hmm. Barcelona are at home to Osasuna, And you've got Elche Cadiz in there. Yeah, there's a couple of standout
0: games. Um, Betis Eibar on Monday night can we talk about Betis uh, Betis Bilbao a mm. bit of a shock oh, oh. that was a shock yeah 4-0 on, on Monday
1: night uh, it's not 4-0 to Bilbao yeah know. 4-0 yeah. to Bilbao yeah, yeah. It's, it's very it's very rare that you see Bilbao score four goals um, so that was a really poor defeat for Manuel Pellegrini's side Betis are, are now in 12th um, and obviously they would have been in, expecting a better start to life under Pellegrini after kind of a poor season last season with Ruby there, um, but it's 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 hard to know. Like we're we're at game week eleven now, um. So the 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 league table is still kind of trying to take shape. Yeah. But there's a lot of, there's a lot happening there that that you can read into, um. And then there's other stuff that you know there's such a long way to go that it's kind of hard, and you don't want to take things.
0: Um, too seriously but like Barcelona in 13th like that's you can't really uh, can't but, ignore that but it is reminding me that the whole situation and their league position is reminding me at the, of the sort of the Gaspar years mm. the end of the Gaspar years sort of 03-04 before Ronaldinho mm. arrived and all that they were they were they were down the bottom end of the table until fairly late in the season yeah. you know and uh, it's it's really reminded me of that kind of that kind of situation Koeman's definitely feeling the pressure definitely yeah and um, yeah much needed one for Bilbao we see Bilbao are now up to 8th to but they were lingering around the relegation zone and you wonder if they're it's just it's it's sort of the last few years I've been thinking this about Bilbao they're kind of playing with fire with this thing of constantly mentioning the fact that they've never been relegated yeah. it's a bit like Hamburg in, in Germany for years yeah. you know they were they, they had it up in their stadium on the, <laughs> on the they had banners and things and they had it like printed on the stadium walls and all that we've never been you know never gone down in that Yeah. Um, and they went down you know so you, you do yeah. wonder if, if Bilbao would go the same Cause, way because
1: there are really goals in that Bilbao team like before the 4-0 win over Betis they had only scored seven goals in eight games mm. so like less than one per mm. game and then they went and scored four so that was a bit of a shock and like Gary Tano's job there people have been questioning whether he's going to be kept on um, at Bilbao, so I don't know, we'll see, but they have, they're playing away to Getafe, which is never easy, no. this weekend, so, yeah, it's, it's you know, down there you've got Huesca, Celta Vigo, Levante, Real Valladolid, down the bottom end, it's kind of taking shape, in the way that you'd expect, but, yeah. but up, up near the top end of the table, it's quite exciting, with Sociedad Villarreal, and, a new look at
0: Atlético-Madrid. That's it. As exciting as it's been for, uh, for a good few years. Okay, well, uh, I think that's uh, that's probably an, an, enough for today. 38 mm. minutes, that's, that's not a bad job, is it? <laughs> no bad job at all. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week uh, as usual. We had a little break uh, last week for the, for the international fixtures, but we'll be back uh, next week with uh, another La Liga show. Thank you for joining us as always, and we'll speak to you again soon. Adios. Hasta luego.